Are you stuck in your chaotic modern world? Living your day-to-day -day life without the power of awareness and self-control? Truly, a joyful and meaningful life cannot be achieved when you are on autopilot. I understand, and we can help you get in control again, and help you experience tangible freedom by guiding you to a live-awakened life. This is Jose Reynoso, and you're listening to the Live Awakened Podcast, where we nurture your mind, body, and spirit, helping you evolve and transform to your best version, from your inner being to your outer physical form. Live Awakened Podcast is here to promote and develop happy, productive, and successful humans here in the present moment. May the force be with you. Welcome to the Live Awaken podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Dr. Nick Berry. In addition to being a holistic pharmacist and botanical enthusiast, Dr. Nick spends much of his time and creative flow producing rare and exotic plant extracts, as well as developing new blends and botanical perfumes for his company, Essential Oil Wizardry. By supporting organic farming, sustainable practices, and artisanal extractors, farmers, and wild crafters, he aims to inspire people to collectively elevate the world around us. And I think that's a very modest introduction. I think I could even add that you are somebody that you can really tell is following their flow, their gift, and is sharing the gift with the world through live vibration and beautiful perfumes and essential oils. Dr. Nick, welcome to today's podcast. I'm excited to have you. Um, welcome. Where are you tuning in from today? I'm, I'm back at the lab in Ashland, Oregon. Mm, I can't wait to go there one day. Like I, I love Ashland and Oregon, of course, but I can't wait to visit your lab one day. I can't even imagine like everything that is brewing in the kitchen. <laughs> it's quite special here, Huna. Um, okay, so you know, I was I was thinking, when was what when was your first time? You know, like what was like what was uh, that special day that you got encountered with essential oils? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very clear moment that I've I've spoken about in the past on various podcasts for me that um, really opened up the clarity of the potency of the oils for me, and um, in my in my final years of pharmacy school, I had um, gotten a respiratory infection that developed into pneumonia. And the first two years, I had used traditional pharmaceutical drugs um, to treat the pneumonia. And um, it had taken about four to 10 days to really see significant improvement um, from the pharmaceutical treatments that I was taking. On the third year in a row um, in the winter time, I had again started coming into a respiratory infection. And um, I had this aha moment where I was laying in bed and I looked across the room and I saw my essential oil vaporizer, which is a device that you can breathe in essential oils, um, oftentimes heated up. You breathe it into the lungs and um, the alveoli in the lungs um, act as a really um, quick uh, absorption method to get the essential oils um, into the bloodstream. And I had this aha moment looking at a bottle of oregano heracleoticum. 
And um, oregano is high in carvacrol, which is a powerful phenol group, which is extremely antibacterial, antiviral. What I realized was after looking at the literature over the previous months and realizing how powerful it is, and um, at this point, I was having difficulty breathing. And so with labored breath, I figured I would take a um, I would take a chance, knowing that oregano is extremely caustic and irritating. I also felt that it had the potential to kill what was ever growing in my lungs. And at that point, um, having as much of a challenge breathing as I was, I figured I would take that risk. And mm -hmm. so. Um, Utilizing oil of oregano with my essential vape vaporizer um, for several days really brought me back to about um, 70 to 80 ish percent back to my baseline within about 48 hours. Oh, wow. And that was a significant improvement and um, much better results um, compared to my previous years um, utilizing the pharmaceutical treatments. So that was my really clear aha moment that I was doing something very special with the oils by listening and communicating with them. Mm, wow. Um, I always find it so interesting how like those situations when we're like almost like between life and death end up being the most awakened moments in our life, those moments that can catalyst such a beautiful journey as the one you've been on because of that positive mindset, kind of like willing to go into the known because you were studying traditional pharmacy and that's like, it goes against everything you were learning. You were actually following the path by taking meds and, and pharmaceuticals. But this call like awake, like listening to your intuition plus, let's put a disclaimer, also knowing what oregano does. You also have that understanding, chemical understanding blended together and yeah, I got you to 70, 80% recovery. That's that's really good. Oregano still, it's so strong. I'm always so impressed how this essential oils, I, I, I come to understand it's almost like the soul of, of the plants. Yes. It's so potent. And like a small bottle, I'm just gonna mm -hmm. brag. I obviously have my essential oil kit and this is just one of, of many. This mm -hmm. is like nectar of divine nature. And I'm always so impressed how you open them and it can trigger a 70-20% recovery from a life and death uh, situation, like in your case. Absolutely. Yeah, I, it's um, really quite a gift to learn and to listen to the messages that plants have to offer humanity. Mm. And speaking of message uh, and plants and humanity, what would you say it's your communication or like the message you're getting right now from plants given the turmoil we're going like it seems like while you were going as not being able to breathe properly like now it's happening worldwide so is there any message that is coming strongly for everybody listening um given what we're going so the message that i'm receiving currently is the importance to connect with nature to listen a little bit deeply um more deeply to our roots and um to know where our food comes from and to put our hands into the soil and to reconnect with nature because we are not a separate system from nature. We are a part of nature. And 
um, if nature continues to decline, our human species will continue to decline as well as all other species on this planet. And so the lesson and um, embodiment that I'm really working on is learning to spend more time in my garden and to become a better steward um, of nature. Mm. Wow, yeah, that was, it's, it's similar to what I, I've been receiving for the past months during like the bigger part of the lockdown. It was like, like have access to good food, a really good green smoothie and be able to grow your things. And I was talking to a friend and he told me, Jose, my biggest learning throughout the pandemic is I've been able to grow my cucumber. And he was so proud. And it made me really realize like, it's something we've lost. Now it's almost like you're like a biohacker, you know how to grow food, but it used to be part of her DNA. Why Dr. Nick, do you think we lost this connection to our food supply, to nature, our roots? Yeah, well, it seems like um, inherently in society, we've grown accustomed to um, a system of exchange, being able to exchange mm. um, time and energy um, for goods and services, utilizing money. And um, while I think that there's a lot of practicality utilizing a centralized source of exchange, I think it also presents its challenges. And um, by, by really learning to select, you know, personally, um, we would go to the grocery market throughout my life to purchase our food. And, you know, we would buy fruits, we would buy vegetables, we would buy um, frozen dinners and, um, and food that came in, in boxes and was um, not always the cleanest quality of food. And this is how I was raised. And so what my relationship to normal and to what food is, was something that you buy from a store using money. And so I think that was my inherent learning. Um, it was growing up um, and moving to Ashland, Oregon, just this past few years that has really gotten me closer to the land and to learn um, really the importance of growing our own food and becoming more sovereign in that regard. Um, and in many other ways, I feel has really been amplified by the um, pandemic on this planet. And that is one of the gifts that um, has really been provided by these times is, um, you know, the scare of potential for food shortage and um, the concern of lockdowns. How can we as individuals um, create uh, additional security, um, both for ourselves, the people we love and our local community? And so it was really last year that we started growing um, we started activating our gardens here in Ashland. And um, we realized that um, growing food is both easy and challenging. And if we had to survive um, just with what we had started to grow last year, we wouldn't have done very well. Yet what we've started to do is as a community, tap in with some of our elders and some of the individuals who are more seasoned gardens. In fact, uh, it was just last weekend that we had a um, garden party. We invited various members from our community 
um, maybe about 15, 20 people mm -hmm. um, that came out to our, our home. Um, we have about an acre of land and um, we, we started tilling the soil and uh, removing rocks and getting in really deep and um, setting a clear stage for a different part of our garden, um, which we're turning into a veggie garden for this season. And what was really beautiful about this Huna is that um, we invited, um, there were humans of all ages. We had maybe four or five children um, there was uh, about maybe 10 people in their, in their um, you know, 20s, 30s, and 40s, and we had some of our elders uh, that were present. And so um, I believe as a, as a tribal, um, in our tribal roots, people of all walks of life and all ages knew the importance of, of growing their own food and wild foraging and um, knowing how to really prepare um, food for our own nourishment. And so I think that there's a huge opportunity here for us to reconnect with nature and to learn how to put our hands into the soil and to dive back in and become part of that cycle rather than perceiving ourselves as separate from nature, uh, but to really uh, reintegrate and affirm the importance of living in harmony with the world around mm. us. Mm. So it, it's beautiful that perspective because it's like same as you had that aha moment in one of your lowest moments health-wise. Right now, as a collective, and that's happening right now with your community, this tensions, stress, and pressure of the global uh, pandemic is bringing the opportunity to learn to connect and, and to remember our roots, you know, like, so one way or another, we, we will always go back home, we'll remember our roots, but sometimes it's a little bit more painful, sometimes it's easier, but I guess as humans have, been, have shown that we we always like to take it to the to the limit, and then we decide to put our hands in the ground and remember. Um, I have, um, I, I know that you have a very interesting story about Burning Man, would you like to share that with us? Well, um, what I would share about my experience with Burning Man is it really was a, um, a helpful switch for me to turn on. And what I mean by that is it really represents this um, transitional life portal for me. Um, going from um, being a traditional um, atypical pharmacist that was um, working at a Eastern Western pharmacy, which in integrated um, nutrition and, and uh, natural supplements into the traditional pharmacy. Uh, and it also serves as a portal of me um, learning to step up into my power and um, really trust my journey, trust my path, follow my heart and um, start listening to my intuition. And so um, Burning Man really empowered me with the experiences of learning how so many people lived in, in very different ways. And yet, um, even though it was atypical from the society that I knew and grow, grew in, there were people that were wildly creative and successful in every sense of the concept. And it was very inspiring to me. 
And um, Burning Man really um, activated me and invited me to step into my flow and to be creative as a pharmacist. And it really served for me to be a portal because I was always fascinated by all types of medicines and drugs, anything that can help the human um, body and spirit. And around the time that I had graduated pharmacy school in 2009, you know, cannabis, I, I found to be a, uh, a very interesting therapeutic tool. And yet the laws and legislation around it um, were very daunting and didn't invite it to be recognized as a medicine widely. And my perception after Burning Man was how does a pharmacist fit into the role to bring more legitimacy into this um, what is what is considered to be a scheduled drug? Mm. How can a pharmacist um, work with clients and patients to both educate them on which varietals or species um, might be most supportive for their particular disease state and purpose, um, while also creating more legitimacy in, in the industry? And so the synchronicities of Burning Man got me to reconnect with my friend, Ray Highsmith, um, who was living in Berkeley at the time. And I, I went and I stayed in the Bay Area for several months after Burning Man. And um, re-meeting with Ray, who was starting a cannabis testing facility at the time, inspired me to really start to craft and create services that were um, targeted to help support uh, cannabis clinics and specifically the patients that they served to create more legitimacy. I ended up developing my own career path, if you will, which really evolved because once I recognized how, how cannabis is really this powerful plant that expresses these bioactive cannabinoids and terpenes, uh, primarily these, um, my next cue was recognizing that all types of plants contain these types of bioactive terpene molecules, which are responsible for flavor and fragrance. And when I learned that the cannabis is really um, potentiated by these terpenes, I started experimenting with the world of essential oils. And so by following my heart and listening to my intuition and guidance, and not settling for um, a pharmacy position that I was going to have very comfortable, easy, guaranteed pay, mm. I decided to, um, I always knew that that was available to me at any point. And that at my worst case scenario, I could go get a job somewhere. I felt a lot of inspiration and passion about the idea of utilizing my fascination for plants and medicine and drugs in a way that could minimize harm and maximize therapeutic potential in many lives. And so that journey of listening really connected me to dive deeper into the world of plants. And so that was the, the moment in the aha that brought me into the world of the oils because the essential oils 
are concentrated in these plant terpenes. And uh, it's these plant terpenes which have pharmacological activity inside of the human body. And so by following my throat flow and my heart, I was given the opportunity to be where I am today. Mm. Wow. It's like, it's like the whole hero's journey, you know, going through the darkness and doubt and coming out shining and now glowing and showing your, your passion and light. Um, I, I do see Burning Man. I never got to go to Burning Man. We were supposed to go last year, um, mm. but uh, in, inshallah, like they say, that I will, we'll go whenever the time is right. I see Burning Man, for, I've been to other festivals as almost like a modern day rite of passage, you know, like this collective mm -hmm. Sand dance, it's like a sand dance from the from the Lakota people. You know, it's like this uh, sand dance that we get together and we awaken the divine potential. Kind of like we mature into who we are meant to be and leave behind who we were, which is like playing small. And yeah, Burning Man, I have not been there, but I, I could imagine that there's, as you said, so many people following their bliss and making a lot of abundance in all ways, money, love, and 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 creating uh, well-being around them through being themselves and it kind of like it's like a perfect scenario for humans to really be themselves and stop playing a role that is not theirs but something that really uh inspired me from your story is how you said to listen and even though the rational mind was going and like no like follow the path that you studied and you've invested and all this but hey have fun you know just go for it go into it was like it was like a massive step into the unknown is there any tip, suggestion that you can give to the listeners or people watching this video, how could they tap in into that inner listener? Like to not listen to the voices of our parents, society, media, how to listen to that voice that you, Dr. Nick, you were able to listen to find yourself in the Bay a few months after just going to uh, Burning Man. Yeah. Well, at the time I recall a friend, Greg Etherton, had shared with me something that I found to be really helpful. And he was describing life of um, following your intuition and living life in the flow, if you will, as um, being swept up in the current of life. And what he informed me was that if, if everyone's holding on to the side of a riverbank where it's safe, if you were to push yourself off of the riverbank and start flowing in a certain direction with the current, well, can't you just swim back to the riverbank if things get a little bit wild and crazy? And I would say in some ways that mitigated a level of risk for my cognitive mind because I realized that I could go on this journey of exploration and the worst thing that could happen is it wouldn't work. I would fail miserably. And I would, um, maybe my ego would be very embarrassed and I could go get a job as a pharmacist. That's not really a horrible situation all in all. Um, for me, it was, there's unlimited potential and opportunity. And so I chose to take that risk and see where I ended up. And um, you know, my truth for that scenario is right when my, my savings account ran out of money so that I couldn't pay my bills in full was the first month that I got uh, a nice size check for my first um, dispensary client. 
And so it was that listening in that trusting and really pushing through um, any of the stories in my head and the judgments of um, people in my life that maybe didn't see my perspective. Um, I recognized that I was able to take risks and that the worst thing that could happen wasn't actually that bad. Mm. And so that was something that was helpful for me was knowing that I could swim from the current of the flow of life back to my stable um, shoreline and I would be safe there. And that was always available to me. Wow. Yeah, I really like that uh, image of seeing the river and holding on and you can let go, but you can always swim back to, to, to the shore. Um, some things uh, when I'm seeing friends go through this journey of holding on like for their dear lives, like both hands harness on to that job or to that partner that it's becoming toxic work, relationship, whatever. And I'm always like, it's always going to be there. Just like, as you said, let go. And it's, it's almost like when it's related with money, you know, it's one of those primary needs from human beings money you know like shelter but that is paid through money so money i would tell them what makes you think that you can make money being unhappy doing something you don't like doing something that you have to wake in the morning and hate what's coming up through the day that if you follow your bliss and you decide to do what makes you happy what makes you think that you won't be able to sustain yourself and make money and of course there's been moments that your bank account will get to zero but that's even part of like the beta testing. It's like, are you sure you're ready for this? Are you sure? <laughs> Snap, big check, it comes. Um, and that's definitely the power of manifestation. And can you share with me how essential oils can support us in this journey of manifestation? Because I'll give you my own experience. I, for example, open, I have purity here. Just, um, I use it a lot in ceremony, but I also do when I want to go into manifestation mode, which we are always manifesting. Our thoughts are becoming vibration and whatnot. But when I want to like write it down, how can essential oils support us in clearing the space? Because they can heal your lungs, but they can also do something beyond the physical realm, right? Absolutely. Yeah, so essential oils <clears throat> really have many applications, and that can span from physical, mental, emotional, and um, spiritual slash energetic qualities. And so, you know, my conversation can kind of span from a more um, grounded phys physical expression to also an esoteric energetic perspective. And um, really what I'm hearing is um, there's, there's an opportunity that these oils can really support us in um, clearing maybe the cloudiness around our um, auric field and to help to hone our intentions and our expressions into physical reality. And so um, each essential oil really contains its own um, botanical expression that is designed perfectly by nature that um, really expresses its own unique functions on um, both the physical all the way to the spiritual planes. So an example of something that I work with um, for manifestation or for expression and creation um, would be an example of our prosperity oil. So prosperity oil is a combination of royal Hawaiian sandalwood, mm -hmm. cystis, vetiver, spikenard, sweet marjoram, and red mandarin. 
Um, it was crafted for a, a friend, Amelia, who was about to travel to Peru for her first time. And um, the codes that were coming in, as this was a, a custom uh, formulation for her, was to support her um, during her first journey traveling internationally by herself, um, which was bringing up a, a level of question for her. And so she wanted something that would help to alleviate fear, support her grounding, um, and also to amplify her voice and her expression, to be this energetic protective bubble for her. Um, and so the formula prosperity, what I've noticed over the, um, let's see, past seven years of it being in existence, is that it's um, really powerful for speaking your truth and also the clarity of one's path. Mm -hmm. What I describe is, is it's an inner knowing, not of the mind, but of the gut, and it helps facilitate taking action. So the way that I enjoy working with prosperity is to take a few drops into the hands, rub the hands over in front of the throat and in front of the stomach, and then directly on the throat and then on the stomach. So kind of the solar plexus region and the throat region. Um, what I find is that it, I feel inherently more confident about expressing my clear truth. And so something like this, um, when I use prosperity, I feel more grounded. It's like a deeper connection to the earth. Um, you know, Royal Hawaiian sandalwood specifically um, and spikenard are very embodied. But there's also this, um, this layer, the cystus. Cystus is a really potent um, extract, especially energetically. It clears negative energy like um, in, in such a profound way. And so um, by rubbing it around the body, you can clear up some of the denser or negative energy or thought forms so that you're feeling more grounded. Um, there's, there's less holding you back and um, the brightness of the red mandarin and the, the relaxation qualities of the um, uh, sweet marjoram and the vetiver, um, which is also very grounding and embodied. So this is the way that the plants love to play. They all mm. carry their own vibration and their own essence. And, you know, the essential oils themselves are much more powerful with intent and the knowingness and the relationship with them. So by knowing some uh, a, a targeted formulation um, such as prosperity can be used for manifestation and willing that intent, and then understanding what the synergy of oils really calls in and provides for the user. So deeper level of grounding, clearing negative energy, and an upliftment of mood, mm. knowing how to apply them around the throat and around the stomach could also be just generally applied around the field as well. So having that relationship with them and then receiving a positive feedback loop about um, setting the space to set an intention for manifestation. And then um, feeling that. So with prosperity, as I expressed, 
it supports taking action. It's like there's less negative in the way. Um, mm -hmm. And so taking those actions provides a positive feedback loop. So having an understanding and a relationship of the individual oils and or the collective essential oil blend can really support so many areas of one's life. Mm, wow. Wow. Yeah, like I use prosperity actually, like it's back there and that's where I sleep. So it's always, uh, it's like my way to go into like a beautiful dream zone. I go, I put it on, I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go fly high. Uh, the intention, as you said, but like, you know, mm. the first time I came across with your essential oils, and I think I, I mentioned this on our first call, uh, we were in, in, in the house of a friend down by um, Dominical nearby in Costa Rica. And we were like playing music and there was just this essential bo bottle, like they're lying down. I think it was even your old labels, like white labels. <laughs> and, and I open it and to my surprise, frankincense. Frankincense is one of my favorite, you know, like I, I, could, I could have a bath in frankincense. It's just like, I can't get enough. And I smelled it and I was like, wow, I'm used to, I'm not going to say names to like big names of the essential world, you know, like the average big names, you know, I, I thought that was really good quality. I opened this one. And it was like, I don't know if you watched it. Well, I'm sure you watched the movie Perfume. Uh, then, yeah. So I, I opened the bottle. Uh -huh. uh, oh, it's, so I opened the bottle. And it was like a whole world of explosion. I've never experienced that. It was like almost opening the bottle of Aladdin and having this whole trip while completely sober i was not on anything so i i smelled that and i'm like where is this coming from like what is this and i saw essential oil wizardry and i'm like i i need to meet this guy it sounds like he knows what he's doing <laughs> and now you're explaining this it's it's all about intention you know like we can get two producers getting the same frankincense but it's the intention of what is the purpose is it to make profit or is it to empower and support people hey and also you're making revenue and profit to keep empowering others on the road so could you share a little bit a little bit about essential oil wizardry like what's 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 the vision why why is why is this beautiful offering in the world happening yeah thank you for the opportunity so Essential Oil Wizardry was really born from a passion for um, helping people um, and a fascination by um, compounds, drugs, plants, um, all types of different therapeutic agents on the human body. And so the synergy of um, being able to support others and a fascination by the human physiology and how it relates to um, medicine that we can take. The, the journey was really amplified with my own um, healing experience uh, by treating the respiratory infection with the oil of oregano utilizing a vaporizer device. And it was a journey that just kept getting more unique where opportunities came to me to um, speak at festivals and events or to um, participate with a uh, retreat or a, a healing um, ceremony. And um, I continued to develop um, hundreds of different um, essential oil perfumes, uh, therapeutic blends, ceremonial um, blends, 
uh, different essential oil tinctures. Um, just a few years ago, we were um, we were gifted some extraction technology utilizing ultrasonic technology. So um, to really bring a new and novel extraction process um, into uh, formulating uh, individual plant tinctures. And so it's, it's been an organic growth curve that um, I started essential oil wizardry on paper in 2014 and um, started playing with the oils around uh, winter of 2011. Um, and that was the time that I um, had the respiratory infection. And it's, it's been an organic experience of just being invited to different events to participate, sharing my oils, sharing the knowledge that I'm acquiring, receiving feedback in real time and learning from my uh, appropriate recommendations and my mistakes and receiving feedback and then going back into the lab and creating. Um, something that was very helpful for me was the, um, was my gift of meeting one of my primary mentors um, in this phase of my life. Um, I would say two mentors have really supported me in becoming to who I am um, as an essential oil wizard. Um, the first is John Steele, and he was my first supplier into the world of essential oils. Mm -hmm. So he provided a clear gateway to having superior quality essential oil products. So I knew what I wanted to um, have as my baseline, uh, which is the best ever. And um, by utilizing his oils initially, uh, I knew what I was striving for to create for my company. And so um, Will LaPaz came into my life. He goes by Ravi Das. Um, he was one of the, um, he wasn't the original founder, but he owned and operated Eden Botanicals for um, over a decade. And he really took it from a amber and um, uh, synthetic, um, I think he was working with amber and I think there were also some synthetic fragrances. Um, don't quote me on that because I know he shifted it into something that was um, essential oil um, focused and um, he was very successful with it and he sold it and um, I met him shortly after he sold Eden Botanicals yeah. and he and I became very good friends and um, Will invited me to come live at his house in Hawaii. Um, this was shortly after he sold his company. And he said, um, hey, man, maybe we could partner on a project or two. And, um, you know, we'll have a great time. You should just come over to my house and blend. And, and I said, when should I do that, Ravi? He said, well, I'm going back next week. You should come as soon as you can and stay as long as you're able to. So I was like, okay. So, um, I, I enjoyed about three or four months of a real dedicated focus and um, having a mentor in my life who taught me the basics on how to create a sustainable essential oil business um, from the business model perspective and also connecting me with um, sources that he had been working with for decades 
so that there was a deeper level of inherent trust um, for both parties um, really was the starting basis for the company. Um, my own creative uh, intentions and expressions to always personally evolved has been instrumental in the development and expansion for our company. And so um, as a baseline for utilizing all of those amazing sources um, for pure uh, wildcrafted organic essential oils and CO2 extracts, um, that was just where I wanted to begin. I wanted to start with the best and make it better. And so um, ever since about 2014, I've been playing with lots of different um, technologies, um, different tools. Uh, let me see. I have a few that I can show you, for instance, right now. Um, this is a newer device. Um, this is called the OmniCard. And it's, a, um, it's marketed as an EMF protecting device that helps to structure water molecules. But what's more fascinating about it to me is um, not only is it energizing for food and water, but it has a profound effect on the oils. And so um, this is one of our newest devices that we've integrated into energizing our oils. I think this was added in as um, part of our processes in 2020. And so um, another tool is, um, can you see this plate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you recognize this? One sec, I'm just gonna put a speaker view. It's perfect if you don't. This is a yeah. biogeometry clearing plate. And so it's okay. um, it's from Dr. Ibrahim Karim's okay. research. And um, this is a very powerful device for clearing the energy. And so, um, you know, when something is shipped to me, oftentimes it's shipped in um, aluminum and or uh, pharmaceutical grade plastic. And that is the industry standard um, to survive over an international shipment. So one of the first things I do is I pour it into glass and I have a whole system and protocol which continues to evolve. So the goal is for our oils literally to continue getting better and better and better with time. And so, um, you know, biogeometry is an inherent um, tool that we use um, to charge. What other, what other uses could somebody use that, um, that device? Cool. So let me show you. Um, this is, so the material is plastic, so it doesn't hold an energetic charge. It's just mm -hmm. able to clear. Um, and so you can clear your um, all type of jewelry so that it, um, it doesn't hold on to any energy that um, may get stagnant upon it. And so literally just, um, you know, it's suggested to put on um, your jewelry for about one minute per day to clear the energy. Um, you know, some of his other technology is designed to help with um, the electromagnetic fields in the environment. And so he suggests to take this device, this is just a clearing tray. Um, you put on the 
the room cubes, which really help to amplify um, clear and kind of bind to some of the um, negative energies, you place it onto this for um, one to 20 minutes and it, um, it resets it. And mm. so, um, you know, the gift of having and operating this company is that it has invited me to continue to improve myself and in the processes, you know, for instance, um, now that we're extracting our own um, medicinal herbs um, and we're really extracting some unique plants. I mean, we've done uh, salvia divinorum, which is a sacred plant medicine from Mexico. And it's one of the most beautiful medicines for, um, for meditation. Um, I, wow. I, um, and, uh, it, it's not psychedelic as one would, um, might perceive or believe, um, one of my favorite things to go on a hike with, um, We've done Tongkat Ali, which is a, um, it's a really powerful uh, root that grows out in Indonesia that is very um, healthful and strengthening. Um, it's a powerful Jing tonic herb. And um, it, it, it's amazing the amount of uh, creativity and uh, botanical expression that we're able to, to harvest mm. and to share with so many people. Wow. Yeah. There's like so many little nuggets you've shared. I'll keep saying intention. That's like at the back end of everything. What's the intention? You know, it's so like, again, profit or is just to evolve and support others in their path of evolution. And I really like how you said, you, you set up like a baseline, a standard, you know, I'm not just going to make oils or sell oils. I'm going to have the best, at least that your awareness is able to grasp. And you've been I'm not gonna say lucky, you've just been in flow enough that you've been able to tap to really good resources and, and providers uh, of, of essential oils and also learning from your mentors. I think that's also something very key for anybody pursuing whatever endeavor business. Find somebody that has been there that can teach you the ropes, either business-wise or in the actual product development. It's good to, to, to shadow somebody and to learn and to grow. It's like a mastermind. Um, but I think that's the, one of the things that without rational knowledge, I felt with your essential oils, it was mm. you open the bottle, you feel the love, the packaging, going to your website. I recommend anybody going to the website. We'll put the links below. You, you, you take your time to put a video explaining, not in all, but I know many do, video explaining where you got that, the inspiration and you just guided us a few uh, moments ago of your creation process okay I have this client that wants to go where it's going to Peru and she wants to feel grounded open her mouth so really like the name wizardry is not just branding or marketing it's it's really like getting wizardry in essential oils it's really putting your passion and, and intention and and your spark in every single bottle and I think that's something that we're calling a lot as a collective to go out of the norm to go out of like the big corporations that are doing everything mass in mass production. As you said, you've been able to evolve and be where you are because you get constant feedback from people. Big companies are not able to take the feedback of the users because they're just focused in numbers and sales and regions and whatnot. So you're able to be like, hey, we have to adjust that. And you're open to that suggestion, obviously from people that can provide that, those suggestions or feedback. Um, 
but it's amazing to see where you are now because as you say you started after working with a dispensary and then I opened the doors to essential oils, Hawaii and whatnot. And now you're using pioneer technology. I do have some, I think I have, I have CO2 extracted frankincense, but I'm ignorant in what makes it different from a regular extraction. And then we'll go with ultrasonic. But first I wanna know like CO2, what? Because it's not just names out there. There's really technology that amplifies certain properties. It's not that it's better, it just takes some other things in, into, the, into the spectrum. Yeah, great awareness with all of that. So the, um, you know, in extracting plants, there's so many different methodologies. <clears throat> there's solvent extracted, there's um, a steam distillation, there is alcohol extracts, and, um, and then as you touched on ultrasonic extracts. So just focusing on steam distillation and CO2 extraction um, initially, um, steam distillation uh, utilizes water as a solvent and you're heating water and you're in a, you're in a closed system and you're um, steaming the water, the hot water molecules will pass through the plant material and the plant material will release the aromatic compounds and the terpenes. And in this closed system, um, as, as the steam runs through, it collects the aromatic molecules and it's going to, um, it's going to leave the heated location and it's going to pass through a condenser that has um, very cold water passing through. Um, and would, or, would this be like your traditional copper distiller? Like the, exactly. The okay. Yeah, okay. It, could be, it could be copper and it, or it could be glass. Um, those are two of the very popular ways for distillation. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then you're going to have a collecting flask in the end. And so as the steam cools, the aqueous phase and the oil phase or the water and the oil, essential oil are going to separate um, because, uh, because they're different, um, contain different lipophilicities. Um, the oil and the water repel each other. And so uh, this is the, the oil phase is the traditional essential oil that most people are used to. And so we're utilizing heat in this extraction method, which can damage some of the delicate aromatic compounds. And um, what I notice on an energetic level is steam distillation um, really carries kind of an etheric energetic type of quality. So when you think about it on a, on a microscopic level, it's almost this, this mystical expression of the steam rising through the plants and it's rising and elevating. And then it goes to the heavens and then it starts cooling down and falling into the collecting flask where it cools and separates. And so it, it's, it's lighter and, and more etheric is almost how I would describe it compared to something like a um, CO2 extract. So um, a CO2 extract is a carbon dioxide extraction um, machine uh, process that utilizes carbon dioxide as a solvent. And um, it's really great at, at removing nonpolar um, compounds in, a, in an efficient way. And um, you utilize 
um, you change the temperatures and you um, greatly increase the pressures. And you take this CO2 gas and you pressurize it um, into a liquid and you run it through the plant material. And this high pressure um, will remove the, um, the, the lipids, the waxes, the aromatic materials and um, from the plant material. And it will do this process typically for, for many hours. Um, I have not operated a CO2 extraction machine yet. And um, what, it, what I've noticed is that it produces a very full spectrum extract. Um, one of our, our major CO2 extractor um, suppliers really um, uh, has expressed that it's about uh, twice as potent from a therapeutic perspective um, is, is kind of the, um, the okay, expression well. of a CO2 extract compared to a, a traditional steam distilled essential oil. Now, um, I notice oftentimes CO2 extracts almost have several different layers um, when I'm receiving them into my nostrils, um, whereas the essential oils oftentimes um, are very light and etheric. And um, so I, I notice more of a um, character for a CO2 extract um, compared to a steam distillation. Now, um, this is a generality that I'm speaking and I, I personally use steam distillation, um, steam distilled oils and CO2 extracts. And I, I'm not claiming that one is necessarily better for the, than the other. Uh, I think that every, of the, um, every extract really carries its own energy, its intelligence and its vibration. And so mm -hmm. when I'm designing formulations, I might select to use a CO2 extract because it pops more aromatically for one plant, um, but I might select a steam distillation because it really captures a certain um, spectrum of aromatic quality for another. And mm -hmm. so um, it's really about getting to know each plant, getting to know each plant extraction type and um, really honing into the intention of what we're looking to develop. Mm. Wow. Okay, now we go with the quantum step in essential oils, ultrasonic extraction. When I saw that, I'm like, wow, I, I don't know what it is, but it sounds definitely fancy and it sounds galactic. Yeah. So ultrasonic extractions um, are utilizing sound vibration to, um, to extract the, uh, the aromatic constituents and the, uh, the therapeutic components from the plant material. And it does so very quickly and it does so very effectively. And what do I mean by effectively? I mean, it, it um, does a great job of, of pulling the different therapeutic components out of the plant material. And so, um, you know, if you're doing a traditional tincture, um, for instance, where you're, you're setting the plant material in alcohol, it may take four to six weeks um, to really, for the energy to really, um, not only the energy, but also the, um, the therapeutic constituents to really enter into the alcohol in a deeper and more profound way. With the ultrasonic extraction process, we can um, really receive um, 
you know, I haven't looked at the, the actual extraction of um, total compounds extracted, but I would say you can do at least 85, 90% um, pulling out that within about 30 to 60 minutes using ultrasonic oh, wow. extraction. And um, not only that, but there's, um, there's an effect. So sonification is oftentimes used um, in many CBD companies as the process to help enhance bioavailability um, for CBD products um, or to um, support uh, micronization of the material found inside the product. And so um, what we do is we utilize water as a solvent. So we're not using alcohol. And we are um, putting the plant material into the water. Um, we use the ultrasonic process uh, to, um, which literally vibrates and shakes the plant material in the water. And um, then we're left with a tea. We, um, we filter that tea out and remove all the plant material. And um, it's similar to alchemy where what we do is we remove all the liquid until we're left with, um, with an extract. Mm -hmm. And then we reintroduce a portion of the hydrosol, right? Um, which is the, um, it's the water which has lots of the um, water soluble um, terpenes. Mm -hmm. So it smells like the, um, like the plant material. So we, um, we're extracting individual parts and then we recombine it at the end to produce our final um, ultrasonic tincture product. Now- will be the um, time from, from beginning to end in the ultrasonic tincture process. Yeah. So, um, so we, we have the extraction where we get the, um, the tea, as I call it, and then we, um, we vacuum filter and remove all the, um, the plant material from our, um, from our tea. And then what we do is we uh, put it through a rotary evaporator. And so what we're doing is we're removing the uh, liquid from the uh, extract so that we're just left with a final extract. And the liquid is essentially a hydrosol. And, um, using this technology, we're able to um, vacuum, um, we're able to distill using extremely low temperatures. I'm talking about 100, 105 um, degrees, so considered raw temperatures. And so um, from one expression, we're using um, very low temperatures. And what I've noticed is that the the intelligence of the plant is left intact in a, in a different and unique mm -hmm. way compared to a process such as steam distillation, which you're, you're using such a higher temperature to actually um, uh, heat the water, um, which can damage some of the intelligence and in, in the delicate aromatic molecules. And so um, using vacuum filtration and vacuum distillation, we then remove the aqueous solution. And um, then we have our, we have our extract and we have our liquid. So you can almost look at this um, from an alchemical perspective as the, um, the sole or the sulfur. 
and the liquid or the mercury. Now, um, if we wanted to take this another, to another level, which um, is our intention, we would add the plant salts back into our final formulation. Like spagyrics, will be like a spagyrics kind of thing? Precisely. And so, um, so what I need to do is I need to um, refine and relearn about the um, cell salt uh, purification and um, reintroduce those into our final products. So that's something I'm also looking forward to up-leveling yes. for. Well, yes, hearing you explain it, it gets me excited. Like, I wish you had been like my um, chemistry teacher and like, <laughs> then we're going to get uh, spagyrics or the soul of um, a, a mimosa or whatever. Uh, wow, it sounds, it, you know, this is when I'm so grateful for technology, right? Because, yeah, mm -hmm. you can heat the steel or you can do steel. CO2 for me it sounds a little bit like strong, right? Like masculine way of extracting. The other one is, again, like a mixture of like earthy fire. This last one feels like so on point to galactic, you know, like mm -hmm. ultrasound, suave, 30, 40 minutes. Hydro mm. very feminine. Amazing. But you're also making perfumes. Will you mind sharing with us briefly like about the perfumes uh, that you're making? Yeah. So, um, you know, producing our, um, our botanical perfumes are a lot of fun. And um, so what we do is we, um, we produce both um, true perfumes uh, infused in organic craft spirit alcohols. Um, and we also um, create what we call botanical perfumes and we infuse them in a fractionated coconut oil and enhanced with ormus to really help so it. True perfumes and botanical perfumes. Yeah, yeah, we, we call our true perfumes our exquisite botanical perfumes. And so um, what we do is um, I craft uh, different blends which often come from um, different intentions or themes. So for instance, we crafted deep man and deep woman. And so deep man is this smoky campfire essence of walking out of a forest for the first time after three months, just like you've been um, telling story around a campfire and are fresh out of the woods. Um, where deep woman is, is this, um, this deeply mature, um, effervescent, bright, slightly citrusy, earthy notes. And um, what's beautiful is setting the intention for what I want to craft, like our carnation dreams was simply a, a challenge blend on how can I craft something beautiful and elegant um, using carnation as one of the ingredients. And so sometimes it's for a specific person. Sometimes it's um, to create a certain type of theme, like a forest based. And other times it is, um, it's really just to capture a certain um, note and to see what happens. So it's a really wonderful and exciting way for uh, me to be artistic to create a piece of living art that oftentimes not only has its own in the moment in invitation of sensuality, play, uh, uplifting of mood, but oftentimes can be emotionally therapeutic and be exactly 
supportive for a person on their path. I actually, I love the description of living art. You know, it's like your way of being creative, which I mean, making essentials already sounds super creative. I like just your thought process of how you get there, but this is like even like a more refined, like subtle, dainty way of, of sharing your art. That's, it's beautiful. Uh, I haven't tried them, but I'm sure I'll, I'll get an opportunity soon. Um, I noticed also that you have a, a tribe because you're, again, you're not, the intention behind it's not only sharing essential oils or, or making um, or generating revenue, but it's also empowering individuals. So could you share with us what is the Alchemy Tribe community? Yeah, well, the Alchemy Tribe community <clears throat> is our membership program that um, invites people to explore some of our more rare and exotic and um, smaller batch extractions. Um, typically, our newer blends and formulations um, will uh, be sent out to our Alchemy Tribe members before they're actually available to the public through our website. And um, every month we have um, three different tiers. And um, we also have a yearly membership for people that are excited about the overall vision, wanna dive deeper into some of our um, online for, for members only content and wanna have access to our small scale ultrasonic extract products, um, which can include um, items like Kana or our Salvia Divinorum in the past. And um, lots of our experimental um, extracts. So the three tiers offer um, a collection of one, three or four items uh, every month. And so um, our, our basic tier includes a wizard alchemy blend each month. And so um, that's our, probably our most uh, popular type of um, product through essential oil wizardry which is pretty similar in terms of its pure, the pure essential oil product um, popularity, but it's completely novel and unique to our company because they're, um, they're essential oil blends, which are blended by me. And all the essential oil blends are um, vibrationally enhanced using a set of 432 Hertz crystal bowls. We use the biogeometry, um, we use the uh, water structuring, um, cards that I was talking about, the Omni cards. Um, we amplify them with all different types of frequencies um, and um, in different geometric structures that actually have a notable effect before and after. So our wizard alchemy blends are sheer magic and many of them are pot potentiated with Ormus um, and Ormus's orbitally rearranged monoatomic elements. And in short, um, it really helps to amplify both the potency and the signal of the effects of the blend. And that could be aromatically and or therapeutically. Mm -hmm. So just a quick note on that Ormus. Um, the second tier includes a pure essential oil blend and also an essential oil and or ultrasonic um, tincture. And so um, I, for, for people that are interested in exploring our tincture line, um, it's a great option for, um, for people to experiment with our, with our latest ultrasonic 
uh, tinctures. The pure essential oils are oftentimes um, novel and unique or uncommon essential oils um, for our community and audience as well. So um, the final tier also includes one of our exquisite botanical perfumes. And, you know, as I shared, there's many different themes and inspirations behind the perfumes. And so one of the greatest gifts is that the, the Alchemy Tribe really invites me to stay on the edge, keep creating, um, be inspired to develop new exciting things that maybe on the flip side of things, um, some of these might go outside the box of something that's stereotypical, like our Violet Chill or Invigor formulation, which have a lot more um, regular therapeutic aspects. Um, you know, I think last month our Wizard Alchemy blend was Sacred Ritual for instrument. My favorite. That's 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 my favorite. My old time favorite. My mom loved it so much that, that I, I gifted her half of my bottles, so and now I'm like having a FOMO of Sacred Ritual. <laughs> <laughs> we can change that soon, brother. <laughs> so the um, you know. The, the Alchemy Tribe inspires me to be creative and it, in, it empowers our community to explore different types of formulations that mm. they might not necessarily think they want. And it invites us to all be on the creative edge and to explore newness and to um, really uncover parts within ourselves um, that's expressed through this aromatic art. And um, one thing that's fun is oftentimes the, um, the alchemy tribe, uh, the calendar for the year is usually presented to me around December of the uh, previous year. And I sit in meditation and I just get downloads of what the next year is going to look like. And, you know, sometimes the answer is, um, new essential oil or um, new exquisite botanical perfume or new ultrasonic extract tincture. And it, it just comes into me. And what's fascinating is um, I receive a lot of feedback that, how did you know this is the perfect thing at the perfect time? And I have no idea. It just, it's listening and it's being connected mm. with my art and craft. And um, Another piece of feedback that we've received is that it really inspires our members not only to dive deeper into the world of essential oils or to learn more alongside of our content and to um, explore more of what the plant kingdom and queendom offer, but it also invites them to start blending. You see, after, um, after some months, the collection starts growing and people will say, hey, I wanna combine some rhododendron and some Moroccan cedar atlas on my wrist and see what happens. Oh my God, I love that smell. Oh, but it would go so nicely with a little bit of flower. I don't know whether it wants to be jasmine or rose, maybe some blue lotus. And so the process of starting to accumulate and learn and start reading about um, the individual products or blends um, really invites the opportunity for people to get creative on how to use them, how to share them, how to combine them. 
And what we've um, received is that some of our um, some of our friends that um, become Alchemy Tribe members have started their own businesses um, that offer everything from um, edible chocolates uh, that are empowered by essential oils to um, kombucha. Um, we got Blessed Booch um, in California that uses um, really bright flavors and um, and uh, whale bird kombucha um, that empowers their kombucha with essential oils. And wow. it's, it's just, um, it's pretty humbling to witness people's growth um, from a distance and to uh, look back five years and to recall that um, they had started some inspir inspiration in their alchemy uh, alongside of me. Wow. It, it sounds like you, you're giving them or they're choosing to be part of a glimpse of Dr. Nick's Essential oil world, and now like it's in their hands. And what do you want to do with it? Just look at them, or do you want to play, or make even your your uh, kombucha or whatnot? Exciting. What is your most rare essential oil? Like one that like you probably can't get anywhere else, or it's just like super super uh, rare. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wow, I can answer this all day. Um, so we have very, so we have close to 400 products. I'll start off by saying that. And um, when I hear what's my most rare product, another question that comes up is not only um, are we referring to rarity, like uncommon on the essential oil market, or are we talking about um, actual scarcity in nature, or are we talking about cost? So I would say in the, in, the, in, in the market, like what's okay. not available, not, not scarcity, because I, that we, I want to touch about, touch upon like how you, you source them locally and like, or like sustainably, but on the market, what it's hard to find. Sure. So um, something that is um, uncommon that we offer, I, I mentioned our rhododendron leaf. Um, I don't know many companies that offer um, rhododendron. Um, Blue Lotus is one that is uncommon and um, you can find it a few different places. Um, we offer both um, uh, Thai and Sri Lankan Blue Lotus Absolute. Uh, that's really beautiful. Um, I would say our Oud, also known as Agarwood, is also one of the most rare and um, difficult to find. And mm. um, Gosh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many, yeah, yeah. I, I do have rhododendron, and it it's 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 a trip because you open it and it does it sounds it smells a little bit very intense, but then once you put it in your skin and you let the air particles, everything mix it like it's magical. May I share something about rhododendron with you? Yeah, brother? yeah, please for sure. So what I one thing I've noticed about rhododendron is the energetic quality of it is for clearing. Um, it's um, somewhat similar energetically to our psychic protection formula, I would say, um, and almost complementary to um, the clearing energies of galbanum and or cystus. 
And um, rhododendron, what I find uh, is, I find it to be very grounding, but also very cleansing. So how I like to work with it is putting a few drops into the bottom of my feet and then um, putting it on my hands and then rubbing it around my auric field, around my body, and then on my body. And I find that it helps to cleanse the energies and also um, really uh, deeper embodiment of myself. Wow, I'll definitely try that. It's it's beautiful to, um, to hear you explain how you use the essential oils because to be honest, I've been like, using them like I put rub them in my hands in my chest in my neck but yeah I like you, you're inspiring me to be a little bit more playful you know like play around with my body and see how it affects my auric field the air whatnot um so before we um finish it's two to two where I am so it's just just in time um uh, I could go on for hours because you have 400 products and we could dive <laughs> deep into 400 products because each one is so particular. Each blend is uh, it's so beautiful. I got hooked, my whole family and your essential oils. I gave my grandma some of your lavender. But like, guess what? I only I don't only have one. I have four types of lavender. Which one? And she <laughs> she grinned and she rubbed it and she was like, I, I just took her to France or whatever. Mm. So definitely there's a lot to share there, but I highly recommend anybody go to the website, Dr. Nick, essentialoilwizardry.com, and you will find videos explaining and the story where it's really nice that you say where you source it, that everything is sourced from like small farmers, ethically sourced. And you do say if it's like endangered species, maybe it's not available, maybe there's just a very small amount to not put that uh, species more endangered. But I really, that's something that really has stayed with me, stuck with me through the session today, is how you decide to follow your heart and to listen. So. What would you say anybody that is right now struggling in a way, you know, they're seeing that even the rock they were hanging on because it was so solid, good paying job, very well uh, looked in society, even that is crumbling. What would you say to those people that are going through that turmoil? How could they tap into that frequency of following their heart's message? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I'm tuning into that in this moment. And what's coming through is um, nothing is inherently bad or good. Everything can be viewed from any perception that we create. And so if something is not aligning or doesn't feel right, or we're wanting to create new and or change in our life, we can look at uh, a crumbling job or being fired as a curse, and we can be very angry about it. And so that is our response to that stimulus. We can also look at being laid off um, from, from a job that we didn't appreciate, or maybe we loved. We can also look at it as an opportunity. And so in these opportunities that arise, there is the chance for fear. Um, you know, Fear and anxiety, um, or I should say anxiety and excitement vibrationally can be very similar. And so if we have a deep level of faith and trust 
in a deeper intelligence, in a wiser intelligence. And maybe we don't see it, we, have, we don't know how to connect to it. Um, we can trust ourselves. We can say, okay, I don't know where the next step is going to be, but I'm going to start walking. And if we follow a path from our heart, so feel into what brings us joy, maybe close our eyes and sit and meditate and consider what would life be like if we could just step into the thing that brings us the most joy to support. It could be one, it could be tens, it could be hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. Every person has an innate gift and or many innate gifts that they can share on whatever level that they want to um, with the gift of technology. And so how can we tap into something that brings us a lot of joy that we would love to share with other people to create more value for them, which could improve the quality of their life. It could save them money. It could just put a sparkle of joy onto their day. So if we tap into that inner joy and we look at these, um, these challenges as opportunities and we have faith and we share freely, one thing for me is I shared my gifts freely without expectation um, from, a, from a donation kind of standpoint as I was transitioning into my work with essential oils. And what I learned from that was experience. And I developed a deeper level of inner knowing and building intuition. So my skill enhanced. And so that was a value added for me from all the people that were generous enough to trust me to learn. And so having that faith in knowing that it could take a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few years. But if we follow our heart, we will follow, um, we will follow that inner guidance that leads us to our destination and we'll have the best time along the way. Wow, I, I got goosebumps right now. Like, wow, yeah, follow your heart. And really you can't lose if you're following your heart. It's, it's a win-win, creating value. Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm so grateful for this conversation. And I will add, sprinkle some essential oils on the journey of following your heart. It will definitely make everything smell a little bit better, connect a little bit better, ground a little bit better, elevate yourself a little bit better. Um, I truly believe that essential oils is like that super first aid kit that we, we all have the opportunity to access. It's small, traveling a lot, like I... I yeah, more before than now, I used to travel all the time in airplanes and whatnot, doing retreats. This little bottle in my pocket have been anywhere. And I mentioned to you, and I want to share with everybody watching, I took them to the Great Pyramid of Giza. And we were mm -hmm. meditating. We put them in the center. And we're like, we know they're pretty charged. We know they come from uh, being charged with a water particle um, alignment tool and all your little gadgets but then we put them in the pyramid and, and, and we know that everything, <laughs> everything is charged, you know? <laughs> so some people might think this is hocus pocus. Some people think that it's just adults playing with toys, but 
Don't let anybody tell you the the power of essential oils. You gotta try them. And honestly, for me, it's been a game changer to try essential oil wizardry. It's it's you feel the love, you feel the intention, you feel the connection, you feel the purpose, the amplification of 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 my own gifts. And um, I'm deeply grateful for for your for you, Doctor Nick, for listening to your heart because we. We might not be having this conversation. You could perfectly be in the pharmaceutical industry, in your lab with your white robe, doing medicals, but you decided to listen, to let go of the rock and realize that actually there was a big puffy cloud taking you in the most beautiful journey. And it seems that just getting started with all this new technology, your tribe that elevates you to keep creating and, and being creative. Uh, that being said, I'm so grateful, Dr. Nick, and can't wait to see what other products come out of, of your lab, of your of your temple. Oh. Well, thank you, Huna. It's been such a, a pleasure and an honor to share with your audience today. And um, I, as I had mentioned um, earlier, there was something you had shared that really triggered something for me to share. And in the modern day, I perceive that um, connecting with the essential oils can be a way that um, living in a, a city or a highly urban area where we have um, less physical areas that are closer to nature or um, uh, have a bunch of trees and plants growing, we really can connect with nature by opening up a bottle and smelling and breathing in the potency of fresh basil growing or an amazing sparkle of peppermint and um, a softness of rose geranium. And so in the modern day, these oils can be uh, a way of connecting um, during a busy work day at the office or a stressful time to take some moments and relax and connect with nature. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that I, I'm also happy to gift your listeners um, uh, 10% off. Um, and so uh, I'll let you choose the coupon code for that. And um, I'm really excited to continue to grow and expand with everyone. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Nick. Uh, upon what you just said about opening and being able to access the infinite forest or, or the sacred wood from Far East or Middle East, when I've been traveling now lately with um, uh, in the airports with a mask and everything, I just take my bottle, I open it, and it doesn't matter anything that's happening around, I can connect to it. So it's a way, like there's no excuse to feel doomed or to feel trapped. In any mm -hmm. moment, you have little tools and resources that you can open. And for anybody listening, as Dr. Nick mentioned, um, by typing in Live Awakened as your checkout coupon, you will get 10% off of the best essential oils I've been able to get my hands on. And you know that this is not a paid ad. I share this because I love the intention, the message, the purpose, and the quality of these shows. Blessings, Dr. Nick. I'm looking forward to seeing your creations. And thank you, anyone listening. Thank you so much.